grateful for him for allowing me the privilege to be able to come. And once again, that's a blessing. Because how many know you don't even get invited everywhere? And I'm grateful. I thank God for Pastor McIntosh. Won't you stand, Pastor? I thank God for Pastor Baker, who's not here. I've been coming this way for over 30 years. And every time, don't leave, Pastor. God has been giving me new opportunities, new places. Now, how many are members of the church of the brethren? Just raise your hand for a moment. Well, we made some changes, so you'll be aware. Pastor is still going to be the pastor. Pastor Jim, stand up. You're still going to be the pastor. But they've hired a new assistant pastor. We're going to have two services, traditional and contemporary. Well, you know which one I'm doing, don't you? <laughs> traditional will be meeting in here. Non-traditionals will be meeting over in the Family Life Center. Our organist will be, she'll be playing at both services. <laughs> so I'm just thankful to him, and I wanted to say it publicly, that he's been, and his family have been outstanding. He is an outstanding wife. I just love her. I'm going to ask her to stand, if you would, for a moment. His wife is outstanding, Pastor. Six kids and a husband? You ought to give her more than that. Come on. So once again, Pastor, my wife is going to come. She's going to give you a big hug and kiss. And just tell you, thank you for everything that you've done for us. And I'm going to give you a hug and a kiss. Now let everybody say amen. I, you know, you're doing better tonight. Everybody ain't on one side. Everybody ain't on the other side. Last night, I went to a, a restaurant with some of our friends. And we had salt and pepper shake. What color is the salt? What color is the pepper? But they were together. They weren't on one table and another one on another table. They were together. So I'm going to ask that. There's, there's a song I think everybody knows. I think everybody knows. If not, I know my brother knows it. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Doing what? I'm going to ask you and you. To meet each other somewhere. Because listen, let me tell you how difficult this is. If we don't break the ice now, won't be no church tonight. So it's on you. Let's sing that song. Everybody standing? Everybody. What a fellowship. What a joy divine. Y'all start out over here. Get over there. Come on, give your neighbor and say, howdy, neighbor. Howdy, brother. Howdy. Come on, give him a hug. No talking, just meet your neighbor. You can call them after church. What a fellowship, what a joy divine on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine.
Put your hands together. Come on. I don't see it. Give me some volume. Come on. to thank you for asking your pastor if the alley cat could come down. Amen. He didn't think I would win, but at least he got me in the show. How many know God is good? you something, but I had to bring it in this cover. I, I, won't, I, I won't give you this cover, this bag, but I'll give you something else. But I wanted to also tell people, you can disagree without being disagreeable, and we can have different opinions and still love each other. Okay, let me open this bag. I knew there was wisdom inside of this woman. Let me tell you, when I went in and picked this out today, when I went through the checkout, I told the checkout person, I said, I'm not, I, they're not my team. I'm not a fan of the Steelers. She said, well, you must love somebody to do this then and to give it to them. I said, yes, I do. I'm going to treasure this. Every time I watch the Steelers, I'm going to remember you. So we have a truce? We have a truce? Does that go with me or are you just taking that back? For those of you that don't understand what laughing in church is, having a good time, I am a Steeler fan. I used to be a chaplain for the Pittsburgh Steelers.
sympathy card after the Steelers tore him up. And she gave me a card of congratulations on my victory. Ma'am? Thanks to the Lord, it is good thanks. Psalms 92.1. The Lord is good. Pastor Chapman, thank, thank, because of you, there's someone who is thanking God today, someone who appreciates your warm and caring way, someone who's remembering the special things you do and wishing you his blessings every day the whole year through. Pastor Chapman, thank you so much for, uh, let me see, thank you so much for going, for being and sharing God's word with us. What you shared on scripture and your joy in the spirit really spoke to me. It was what I really needed at this point in my life. May God continue to bless you with good health and strength and his joy to lead people to him and a deeper relationship with God. Love in the name of Christ, Jane Dessen. May what Dessen. Listen, she gives me more high fives than y'all do. Once again, I'm grateful to the Lord for everything, and thank you so much for every act of kindness. Lorraine, the church, the pastor, the assistant pastor. And thank you for coming out each night uh, just to be able to share and to hear God's word. Once again, how I am here is how I am everywhere. I don't change for nobody. What you see is what you get. My wife, when we first got, uh, got ready to get married, somebody said, don't worry, she'll change you. She's still working on it. So God is good. Let's take your Bibles and let's look at the Word of God tonight as we share tonight uh, what God has given us. I'd like to also thank my brother for all that you've done to be a blessing in helping me with illustrations. Thank you, my brother, for being Brother Lewis, helping me with all those illustrations. I just believe that people of God need to see the Word of God, literally in action. And once again, I'd been healed from six strokes. I was paralyzed from the neck down. They said I'd never walk again, but here I is. You have two vocal cords. I only have one, and I could holler louder than you can. That don't make sense. Once again, I was cut from here to here. They put a complete steel jaw in my mouth and told me that I would not be able to preach no more than three months. That was over a year and a half later. They cut out the condyles inside of my jaw that your jaw rocks on, moves on. I have none of them on either side. It's just bone against bone, but I keep on preaching anyhow. How many know what God has for you is for you? How many know never say you can't do it, just say through Christ I can do all things? How many know there's no limitation of what God can do in your life? A little is much if God is in it. How many know God can do it for you? How many people has God done it for? Come on, somebody say amen. Take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. What? 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Once you have it, won't you stand as we honor the word of our God. Let's read it off the screen. If you would, you would look at that. So then that way we all are reading out of the King James Version that happens to be up there. I'm going to ask you to read the odd verses. I will read the even verses. Thus beginneth the reading of God's holy and inerrant word. Won't you start? 
by which ye also are saved, if you keep in memory what I have preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. And that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, what? And that was seen of Cephas, and then of the twelve. Thus ended the reading of God's holy inerrant word. Before you sit down, look at somebody in the eye. And I keep telling you, you can look at nobody now, something wrong with you. Say, neighbor, pastor's going to preach to us tonight. Are you a square? Now ask the ones on the other side, are you a square? Ask the ones on the other side, are you a square? And then tell them, I am a square. You may be seated. Years ago, how many know that if you were not a part of the in crowd. If you didn't do what everybody else said, if you weren't a part of the group, what did they call you? A square. How many know when everybody else was dancing and going up and down the floor and you were sitting over there as a wallflower, they would say you were a what? It's always amazing to me that When you are not part of the clique, the group, and don't do what everybody else does, they label you as an outcast or a square. And I've learned in my life that how many know as a Christian, you got to be different than everybody else? How many know you can't do what everybody does in the world? You can't be a part of every group in the world? You can't go where everybody in the world goes? How many know you got to come out from among them and separate yourself and touch not the unclean thing? How many know that as a born-again believer, I don't mind folk now talking about me and calling me names and saying I'm a square? Because I am different. I act different. I walk different. I talk different. You can see I do it now. I come in church and I'm the loudest thing in here. I'm different. How many know I enjoy God because God has been good to me? I'm different. How many know I'm not going to sit there like a bump on the log like some of y'all because God has done too much for me? All I got to do is think of how good God's been to me and something on the inside starts happening and I got to say thank you, Jesus. Anybody got to tell the Lord thank you? Anybody here got to tell the Lord you've been good to me? Come on. Anybody got to tell the Lord you look beyond my faults and saw my need? I'm just grateful for what the Lord has done. Now, I used to come to church and sit there and do nothing because I really didn't know him. But now that I know him, how many know it's joy unspeakable and full of glory? How many remember your old life? Hello? Oh, come on. Some of y'all said it ain't old. I'm okay. How many remember your life? How many know the party didn't start till you got there? When they played your jam, you got up on the floor and just danced. How many know when they were serving the liquor, you was the first up in line, give me some scotch and vodka? Give me a long oh, come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. Give me a long island iced tea. And how many know now that when we come to church, we've seemed to have lost the joy of giving God praise. We've allowed denominationalism and sectarianism to take away our praise and worship. Folk come in church upset, frustrated, leave out worse than when they went in. You got devilish deacons, tricky trustees, 
authorized ushers, and then you got pitiful preachers. How many know you just you just don't you don't you you come in and folk have no joy, they have no happiness. They sit there just looking at the preacher. I done stayed up all night long to get this sermon right. And you done sat there and don't even say amen. That's not going to happen tonight. Here's, here's what Paul wanted the church at Corinth to understand. Let's go back to the first verse. And let's see what Paul was exactly saying to that church. He's saying the same identical thing to us now. Moreover, what? I declare unto you the what? What is the gospel? Good news. The great news of Jesus Christ. I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have what? And wherein you stand. How many this week have heard the gospel? Come, on, I'm waiting on some of y'all to say something. Horses nod, people talk. How many have received the gospel today? How many have heard the good news about Jesus Christ? How many are standing on the word of God no matter what's going on in your life? How many know God's going to make everything all right? How many know God's going to turn it around? How many know that come what may, God is going to make everything all right? Though I go through fire, it's going to be all right. Though I go through trials, it's going to be all right. That whatever happens in my life, I'm standing firm knowing that if God be for me, who can be against me? And greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. So that's why I come in here and lift my voice and say, Lord, I thank you that I'm standing on the promises of God. Take your feet and just do this. Tell your neighbor, I'm standing on unbroken promises. God said it. That settles it. Don't matter whether you believe it or not, it's already settled. It happens. And I pray that these last days that we spent together, that I have deposited something in you that will stay after revival. Listen, if a guy only comes in town and gets you stirred up, and next week you're going to be back to being dead and dry. How many know it didn't do nothing? How many know you got to keep it going on so pastor and pastor can keep building on what God has done? How many are better than they were last year? Come on, come on. Tell your neighbor, I'm better than I was last year. Tell them you ought to saw me last year. Oh, girl, you wouldn't even want to be sitting here if you knew what I did last year. But I'm better now. Next verse. By which also you are, just tell three people, I'm saved. Do you know that some people sit in church their whole life and you never know whether they're saved or not? They never declare that I'm saved. How many know they saved? Tell your neighbor, I don't hope I'm saved. I know I'm saved. How do I know I'm saved? Because I did what the Bible says. How many know I accepted Jesus as my Savior? He came into my life. He washed me of all my sins. How many know I'm a new creature in Christ? All things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. Tell them from glory to glory, God is changing me into his likeness and into his image, and it doth not yet appear what I shall be. But how many know God is doing a work down inside of me? How many know he's working on the inside? That's why there's a change on the outside. I wish I had a witness in here that knows that they're saved how many know places i used to go i don't go no more things i used to say i don't say no more how many know god has saved me and i am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of god if you keep in memory what i've preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. Galatians 5.1 says, And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. How many can honestly say that they're free in God? Ain't no chains holding you. Do this. 
spirit, that means I'm free. Look at them and tell them, I'm free from you. I'm free from denominationalisms. I'm free what other people think about me. I'm free to come in here and give God glory. How many know I can stand up and praise you? I can sit down and praise you. I can rock and praise you. I can open my mouth up and praise you. How many know that's real freedom in God? But when you allow other people and denominations to keep you from praising God, you're still bound. Next verse. For I delivered unto you first of all. Now, the gospel is four square. The gospel is what? Come on. The gospel is what? It's not a circle, but it's what? It's not triangular, but it's... What is a square? It has four equal sides. It has what? And the gospel is what? What's the first side? The first one is he lived. How many know he lived? How many know Jesus is not a figment of my imagination? How many know he don't belong in Mother Goose rhymes? How many know he lived? Anybody know he lived? How many know the Bible says he was born of a virgin? How many know he was wrapped in swaddling clothes? How many know the angels declared glory to God in the highest and peace on earth? For unto you a son is given and a child is born, and his name shall be called what? Emmanuel, which means what? God is with us. How many know Jesus lived? How many know he was alive? How many know that he was God's only begotten son? Let me tell you, you got to follow the first line. He lived. He lived. Don't you ever let nobody tell you God is dead. He lived. Don't ever tell you that God was. How many know he lived? In the beginning, did what? Created what? He lived. I try to tell people, and people say to me, he, he didn't really live. He, he lived. Did he walk the earth? Did he turn water into wines? Did he walk on water? Did he raise up dead folk? Come on, somebody. Did he call a man back from the dead, Lazarus? Did he turn around and feed 5,000 folk with a few fishes and little? Come on, somebody. Tell your neighbor, he lived. It's a bona fide fact that he lived. A.D. and B.C. What well, if he didn't live? What y'all using his stuff for? Before Christ, after his death, he lived. Take your hand and say he lived. Not only did he live. But the next line down has got to be as equal as he lives. He died. How many know he died? Now, you have to understand clearly, Jesus was not in a coma. He died. He went to a hill called Calvary, hung, bled, and look at the story of his death. When they put him on the cross how many know that was a horrible scene most of the time most of your pictures play it as you know he had a loincloth on him he was naked they wanted to embarrass him he was hanging there how many know he had a crown of thorns that were about three to four inches deep they matched on his head they took a cat of nine tails and they whipped his back. And each time they whipped him, how many know those lead balls went into his back and ripped out his flesh? But he was hanging on the cross. How many know that usually when they crucified people, they would go by and break their legs? But how many know when they got to him, he was already dead? 
But he said this, no man takes my life away. If I lay it down, I'll do what? I'll bring it back up. And then, not only remember, now, people think that they, they, they crucified him through here with nails. They did it here. Because as he hung, it would have pulled away. But when they put it through the bow, he hung there. And remember, there was one thief that said, listen, we deserve to be here. But this man have done nothing wrong. And Jesus stopped dying and said, today, thou shalt be in paradise with me. Did remember as the story goes on, he begins to say, Eli, Eli, Shabbatani. Why hast thou forsaken? God, as Jesus had all of our sins on him. I want you to look at your row and say, your sins, my cousins of your sins, my sins, her sins, his sins. And don't sit here like you ain't never sinned. Some of y'all been a big time sinner. All of those sins were upon him. Not only just this group, the whole world. Sins of the present, sins of the past, sins of the future were laid upon him. And I can just think of it honestly. Sins of homosexuality. Sins of abuse. Sins of abortion. Sins of lying. Sins of whoremongering. Sins of gambling. Y'all know what sins I'm talking about, right? Cussing folk out, lying on folk, talking about folk, gossiping. All that was on him. And the father looked from heaven and turned away because he couldn't look upon all that sin. And Jesus said, why hast thou for He hadn't forsaken him. He just couldn't look at the sin. And Jesus bowed his head and said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And the Bible says he gave up the ghost. He lived, but he also, he died. Now see, once again, a lot of these guys that you're looking at and going after, they all have died. But the next line is, he arose. Buddha can't say he got up. Hare Krishna can't say he got up. Muslim faith can't say he got up. All those other guys are still in the grave. But Jesus said, destroy this temple. And in three days, I'll raise it back up again. And how many know early Sunday morning, He got up with all power in heaven and earth in his hands. He said, I am he that was dead, but I'm alive forevermore, never to die again. And he snatched the keys of hell, death, and the grave. That's why I can report to you that in spite of what happens in my life, I'm going to be raised again with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he said, though he were dead, yet shall he live. He got up. He got up. If he got up, tell your neighbor, I'm getting up too. I'm getting up too one day. Remember when they came to the tomb on that morning and Mary and and, and the gals, they were coming to put uh, ointment on his body. And they said, who's going to roll the stone away? How many know Jesus will always take care of the details of your life if you take care of the love for his life? How many ever watched God do some stuff for you you didn't even know what was going to happen to you? Because you were going to take care of his stuff, he takes care of your stuff. The stone was rolled away. She went in there, and she was, just, where have they taken my Jesus? And she thought it was the gardener talking. And he said, I'm Jesus. Why seek ye the living among the dead? For I have risen just like I said I would. And then he told, go and tell my disciples. 
I always get a kick out of this. Where was the brethren? Hello? You guys not women, but they got down to that tomb. And they had to come back and tell us. He has risen from the dead. Just like he said he would. He lived, he died, he arose. And the fourth one on that square is, he's coming back again. How many know one day Jesus is soon to return? He's coming back. He's coming back to receive unto himself. People quote this wrong all the time. He's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Well, that ain't true. Because there ain't one church that ain't got some spots and some wrinkles. But he's coming back to present unto himself a church without spot or wrinkle. How many know when God gets done ironing us out? And if you look at the process that's going on now in the last days, God is beginning to bring denominations together. God's beginning to bring people together. God is knocking out all this other stuff. And how many know we are now doing stuff together we couldn't do 20 years ago? We couldn't do five years ago because God is ironing out the church. All the wrinkles of the church, all the things that have kept us bound, have kept us separated. How many know God is ironing it out now? How many know if you realize this, that God is doing stuff in you that you never thought God would do in your life? How many know when you really look back at your life over the last couple of weeks, over the last couple of years, you can see that the glory of God has changed you from what you were to what God is making you to be. How many know when you were selfish, God's given you a spirit now to be able to give? How many know you wouldn't talk before? Now God's given you the ability to stand up in front of people and declare the goodness of the Lord. You were the one who had the great voice and wouldn't sing, but now you're up doing solos and you're up doing that because God is doing a new work in his children. God is raising us up like he never has before. He's preparing before us green pastures. He's preparing for us things that we never thought we could do in God. I want you to know that God is so amazing that every time I look around, God is doing something new in my life. Just when I think I've grown, just when I think I've matured, how many know God is opening up a new door in my life? How many know when I think I've obtained everything. God's saying there's another level you can go to. How many know you got to understand that there are different devils at different levels, but God keeps taking us higher and higher and higher. I want to ask you a few questions. How many here will raise their hands and give God praise? How many here will raise their hands and give God praise? Not because I ask you, but the Bible said, bless the Lord at all times. God's saying to you, he said, lift up holy hands and give God glory in the sanctuary. How many know a lot of us are hung up on our own hangers? But when you hang up your hanger, how many know God can bless you when you lift your hands in total adoration? When you give God glory from the glory round, how many know then the blessings of God will come down? I'm so glad he got up. And because he got up, I want to give him glory for getting me up, picking me up out of the gutter of life. Turning my life around, giving me another chair. I want to praise God for the many, many manifold blessings that God has been blessing me. I don't know about you, but I'm sure of this one thing, that God is blessing you right now. God's blessing you right now. God's blessing you right now. Nobody else has got to say it. You ought to say it for yourself. You ought to be a living witness in living color about the goodness of the Lord. Surely God is in this place. Surely. Go ahead and make fun of me and call me a square. Because I am a square. He lived. He died. He arose. He's coming back again. Do I know a witness in the house? I'm a square. 
call me a holy roller. I'll roll all night long. Make fun of me. You know what? I, 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 I went to preach one time. I went to preach. Matter of fact, I didn't go to preach. I went to a service. And when I got to the service, the preacher that was going to preach didn't show up. And they asked me if I would preach. So this woman was sitting, you know, it was like a big auditorium, probably about 3,000 people. And my wife was sitting in the auditorium, this lady she was sitting next to. And they announced that the preacher was not going to preach that night. They had another guy going to preach. And the woman said, hmm, I didn't come here to hear him. He don't even look like he can preach. So when I got done preaching, she said, he ain't too bad to my wife. She said, I don't think so. He's my husband. <laughs> How many understand you're sitting next to one of God's choicest people? Look, come on, look at him. Say, I'm sitting next to God's choicest people. You're sitting next to somebody that's got a treasure in that old garbage can. You're sitting next to somebody that God is going to use because he lived, he died, he arose, and he's coming back, and they're a square. I want to close with this story, and then we're going to sing, if anybody asks you where I'm going, because how many are headed home? How many are headed home? Where is home? Heaven. I'm headed home. And I'm not going to let anybody stop me from reaching my destination. I don't know how long I have to live, but I'm going to keep walking this thing till I get up there. I don't know how many more sermons I'm going to have to preach, but I'm going to keep preaching it until I get home. Matter of fact, two stories and I'll let you go. One day there was a woman who went to a department store. Where did she go? When she went to the department store, she was looking for a vase. A what? Or vase. I wanted to let y'all know I got some educations. She had been to all of the stores. She had been everywhere trying to find this. Y'all got it now. <laughs> and when she would go looking, she would see one and say, no, that's not the one. No, that's not the one. You can play a little louder. And not this ain't the one, that ain't the one. And finally, she went to a store. Looked up on the top shelf. There was the vase. She said to the woman, she said, would you bring that vase down? That's the one I want. The woman said, okay. She brought the vase down and she set it right in front of her. She looked at the vase and the vase looked back at her and said, do you really want me? She said, what do you mean? The vase said, before you take me you need to know something about me. She said, what do you mean? She said, before I look this beautiful, I was in an old barn. I was on the floor. And there was dirt and rocks and straws all inside of me. But then, a man came, picked me up, put me on a wheel, started molding. While I was on the wheel, he started spinning me around. And as I was spinning around, he started taking his hands and he started smoothing. And out came some of the dirt, some of the straw, 
started oozing out of me. And then as he was still molding me, he said to me, listen, I have to put you in the kill, in the fire. And I said, why? He said, because I have to make sure that it's good and hard. And I didn't like that fire, the boss said. It was so hot. And then when he came out, he took a knife and started scratching out some more. Because how many know fire will bring your crap to the surface? Then he began to mold me. Then he put me back in the fire. How many have ever gone through stuff over and over and over and over? Fiery situations. Then he brought me out. As I was sitting on this table, he began to put colors on. He began to put blue on me and white and red and green and yellow. He said, but as he put the colors on, he said to me, he said, Voss, in order to make these colors stick on you, you've got to go back into the fire. In other words, stuff that happened in your life was for a reason. Come on, somebody. It wasn't always for you, but it was for other folk to see your colors. It was for folks to see how much you loved God, how much you could lift your hands in trials, how much you could bless God when stuff go wrong, how much you come on that you could trust God no matter what's going on in your life. So you had to go back into the fire. He said, but then when I came out this time, I said to him, I said, I got the colors on me. I've got the colors on me. I've got most of the crap out of me now. Then the vase said, I thought it was over. I'd spun around. He cut me. He put me in the fire. I thought it was over now. I got the colors on me. But he said it wasn't over. He put me back on the table and he took out some clear stuff called shellac because he wanted me to shine now. He said, and once he started putting the shellac on me, because you do know he said, let your light so shine. He put the shellac on me, but in order for the shellac to get hard. Come on, somebody. I had to go where? And that's why when I came out, the boss said, ma'am, it took all this to get me to be beautiful. I don't know what God has done in your life. But how many know it's took some stuff to get you beautiful? How many know God had to spin some of us around? Come on, anybody been spun around in your life? Stuff has happened, stuff has gone on. You didn't understand it, why it was happening. Children acting up, husband acting up, job laid you off, this happened, that happened. But how many know God was just spinning you around? And then in order to get some of that crap out of you, God took his hand in into his likeness and into his image. And then he put you in the fire. And the, shell, the colors you have now, I've learned to love people because of my colors. I've learned to tolerate folk because of my colors. I've learned to take a licking and keep on ticking because of my colors. Because even though I'm in church, woo, I'm so glad I got some fire. And now I have the slack, which is clear.
which is the Holy Ghost. You ask me why I sing? Because I'm happy. You ask me why I wave? Because I'm free. You ask me why I got joy? Because I got joy down inside of me. Once you understand that it's a four-square gospel, I go to my family's almost done. I go to my family's reunions or I go to something that my family has. They shun me because they know what I believe. And they say, leave Gerald alone. He's nothing but an old square. And I say, he lived. He died. He arose. He's coming back again. I'm an outcast with some preachers because I'm not going to let anybody preach to me anything that's not the truth. I'm not going to hang around dead, dry preachers. I'm not going to hang around preachers that don't want to tell you the truth. I don't want to hang around preachers that want to fleece God's people out of all their money. I don't want to hang around preachers who won't preach the truth in season and out of season. I don't want to hang around brother just wasting my time having lunch and dinner. I want somebody to tell me the truth of Almighty God so that I can be better than I was. What does all that mean? I'm a square. I realize that. Everybody don't like me. And truth be told, I love them. (laughs) Because I recognize the gospel is. And all I want to say is as we leave and pastor gets ready to come, I want you to be a square. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. We went to, and this is, this is, this is it, I promise. We went to Israel. Where did I go? And while we were in Israel, pastor, everybody greets everybody. When Jews saw Jews, you know what they said? Shalom. What did they say? When Muslims saw each other, you know what they said? Salam alaikum. When Christians saw each other, yo. But Jesus gave us what to say. And you wonder why I say it all the time and my wife. If you call me on the phone, you know how I answer the phone? Grace and peace be unto you. From God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Why do you say that? Because I want God to give you the grace you need to make it through the day. And the peace you need to handle the day. And if you read almost all of Paul's New Testament, he always said grace and peace. How many know that's what we need in our world now? Grace and peace. I'm going to ask that you would give a pre-run. And you know what? When folk call me with mess and I answer the phone, grace and peace, breaks it right then. Okay, I I wanted to talk to you about something, but it looked like you ain't in the mood. Grace and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Just tell your neighbor that. Say, grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, you got to look at him. Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. How many know you're putting a blessing on that individual? You're putting a blessing that you want God to do something for them. So tonight, all I wanted to say to you was, my wife and I are going back to home. She was talking, that's why. Can y'all come up and help us? Come on, you know what you're going to do. He told you. Didn't he tell you? Come on, just get up. Just get up. Just get up. Anybody else want to get up and sing? Just follow the leader. 
my brother, my sister, give somebody a hug and just say, thank you for being a square. Being a square. I'm not part of the crowd. Come on, I'm not part of the crowd. I'm just a square. But stand on your feet now. Now, I want you to give this a practice.
that are still here, just move back into your pew just for a second, just for a quick sec. I know we just get it stirred up in here, and we, we got to reel it back, and that's so unfair. But just back into your pew, just one more second, just one more second. Has it been a blessed week? Hey, I just, I just want to give, I want to give thanks to all those that have taken part in this. I want to say thank you to Dr. and Ms. Chapman. I'm kind of stealing your thunder, I'm afraid here. But that, you, you, you hand, hand this okay, Lorraine? Can I steal your thunder just a tiny bit? I can't? Oh, she said I can do whatever I want. The church, the church boss just spoke. Wow. I want to give thanks. I want to give thanks to every musician. Every musician has been here this week, and we're gonna let Oak Grove Restoration Ministries represent there. Amen. I want to give thanks to every one of you that have been here one night, two nights, every night. Praise be to God. We just had an opportunity to be together. Amen. But all that's secondary. All that's secondary, right? Because what we're going to do before we go any further, God has met with us. God has met with us. He met with us Sunday. He met with us Sunday evening, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But praise God, he said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I am ever present help. Not just in times of trouble. At all times. At all times. Anybody thankful for that? So all I want to do is, church, before we get out of here, I want to give thanks to the one that matters the most. God Almighty, Lord and Savior, let's give him some praise in the house. Come on, church. Let's give him some praise in the house. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. We give you glory and we give you honor, Lord. To God be the glory. We praise you. You know what? Uh, uh, just real fast, real fast. I want some people It can be just a big concert of praise, but declare just how good God is in this house. Just let it out your mouth. Why you know God is good. He's healed me. He's set me free. He's delivered me. Come on, declare it out your mouth. Declare it out your mouth. We praise you. You are good. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Now, Lord, here we are. Here we are. We just want to give you praise.